Welcome to Yellow Noise, a podcast by two Asian American sisters who grew up in the Bay Area. I'm Clara. And I'm Polly. So we just spent last weekend hanging out together because it was Halloween, but I'm sure we still have some new things to catch each other up on. So why don't you kick us off? Sure. So I have been semi-permanent, as I'm calling it, in the Bay Area. And while I have been semi-permanent, I've been kind of shuttling myself back and forth from San Francisco to Fremont. So far, it's been overall fun. The most stressful part is probably parking in San Francisco, as I'm pretty sure you're already aware of. But it was super fun to get to see you and hang out with you for Halloween. For our listeners who obviously were not there for Halloween, tell everybody what you dressed up as. Yeah, so on Friday night, um, I wore a costume that I had made four years ago that I made with the purpose of just having it basically for the rest of my life. Um, and it is a felt parrot costume. So mm-hmm. a joke on my name, you know, Polly Wanna Cracker, Polly the Parrot, etc. And it's like both a costume that can be worn safe for work and also worn kind of like slutty for going out. Um, <laughs> and then on Saturday, I wore a costume that Clara made for me. And it is a hachung costume. So a dim sum shrimp rice paper roll. And then my partner Casper went as soy sauce. I love it. Well, obviously, I feel like I'm biased because I made the costume, (laughs) but I thought it was super cute. And I felt like it was a great embodiment of your and Casper's creativity and DIY because yours was this like super elaborate, like had mesh transparent fabric on it, a lot of DIY cutouts and things like that. And then Casper's shirt was literally just the Kiko Man logo ironed onto his shirt. So I felt like that was a very good representation of the DIY-ness of each of you in the relationship. Okay, well, that's low-key rude because you made my costume. So you're saying you yourself was very detail-oriented. And then I made Casper's costume, which, by the way, I had to cut out every single Kiko Man letter because I didn't realize that the iron-on would print out the white background too if I just ironed it straight on. So I cut out every single one of those letters and every single one of the letters in the word soy sauce. And that took me a very long time. So... (laughs) Okay, let me put it this way. The creative visionary ability of each of you then. (laughs) The actual execution leaves much to be desired on all parties' fronts. (laughs) Yeah, well, but the saddest part was that all the people that saw me at the party on Saturday thought that I was a croissant, which doesn't make any sense because we'll post the pictures to our Instagram, but they were literally little felt shrimp that Clara cut out and put in between the layers of my skirt. And for some reason, everyone just thought that they were croissants. But even if you thought one of the shrimps was a croissant, it doesn't really make sense that I would be the croissant, you know? Correct. So I don't know. People were probably just drunk. We'll, yeah, exactly. We'll just chalk it up to... Um mind-altering substances at a Halloween party, not realizing that you had multiple shrimps on you. And at best, they could guess you were a croissant basket, but I don't think anybody actually guessed that. So we'll no. let we'll let our listeners decide for themselves. Recently also, so yesterday I went to H Mart to go pick up a bunch of new groceries because I've been seeing a ton of TikTok recipes for Korean food. And I made a spicy raw marinated crab dish that I had tonight. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this dish, but it's very viral on TikTok right now, or at least the lanes of TikTok that I'm in. 
I bought this raw crab. It's like raw frozen crab. But the one that was in the video that the Korean mom said to get wasn't available at the H Mart that I went to. So I just bought like the generic H Mart packaged frozen crab. Mm-hmm. And I was like so excited. I like made all of it. I even filmed a little TikTok and put it on my like private one and was like, okay, I'll leave it overnight to marinate. And then for some reason, I woke up this morning and was so paranoid that I bought the wrong kind of raw crab because I was doing a ton of research that was like, you're supposed to buy the live crabs and then freeze those crabs and then marinate those crabs. And you shouldn't buy like pre-frozen crabs because you don't know if they were frozen dead or anything. And so I got really concerned because I was also inviting Ellen over for dinner tonight. Uh-huh. And I I, liked, I was texting her all day. We're like, should we cook them? Should we not cook them? She was doing <laughs> research. I literally called H Mart to be like, do you know if I can eat these raw? And the lady was like, I don't know. Like you can, I guess. And I was like, that doesn't give me a lot of confidence. I don't know. So I ended up steaming or like cooking half of them in the oven. And then I tried one of them raw and I was like, this is pretty good. And Ellen had eaten them before and she ate one. She's like, I think it's fine. So we just (laughs) ate like 10 raw crabs tonight. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wait, how big are these crabs? Oh, they're tiny. They're like little blue crabs. Each crab only had maybe two quarters worth of meat. That's probably. Okay. Yeah. So can you give me like a scale from like a fist to a banana like <laughs> no 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 way less than a fist a quarter a quarter like a quarter oh wow like a quarter okay. like two quarters oh, i thought you were yeah. saying like a quarter of something okay no, no, no. two quarters like the oh, coin. tiny yeah yeah yeah. Okay, yeah okay it's not that much but we ate like a lot <laughs> okay so tbd on yeah. how you feel yeah but it was so good the marinade was delicious and if it all goes well i would eat this all the time it kind of tastes like um raw scallop Oh, yum. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it's like that texture. Okay, well, maybe when I come this weekend, then you can yeah. make it for me. And it was only $9 for 11 crabs. I mean, still, they were like really small crabs, but maybe they weren't like supposed to eat raw. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I guess okay. like all signs point to no, but it was so good. Okay, well, I will see you tomorrow. So if you are not feeling well or suddenly your class gets canceled, we will know why. We will understand the culprit. But I think with seafood, you generally can tell like if it's that's what I would really bad too. But it was marinated in so much sauce that like Mm -hmm. I don't know that you would be able to tell. But the raw version compared to the like the oven steamed version that I did was just so much better. So that makes sense. And Speaking from experience, the only time I've ever gotten food poisoning, like real palpable food poisoning, is eating lobster and pasta. And I obviously did not think that it tasted bad yeah. at the time I was eating it. Was it raw so, lobster? No, it was not raw. It was cooked. It was cooked. So oh, okay. I think that probably helped mask it a little bit. I guess I can't really say that it's easy to tell if seafood is bad or yeah. not. I literally submitted a request to the H Mart Contact Us page asking oh if it was God. okay to eat the raw crab. <laughs> I don't know. It would be fine. If it was just me, honestly, tonight I would have just eaten them. No problem. But I don't know. Ellen has a little bit of a sensitive stomach sometimes. She's had food poisoning mm-hmm. this year already, so I didn't want to destroy her. <laughs> but she said it was good, so I think it's fine. <laughs> All right, TBD. We'll check in with you next podcast to see how everybody is feeling.
So you've probably seen the meme going around Twitter or TikTok where a creator shares their toxic trait. Most of it is usually done pretty humorously, but today we wanted to share a little bit about where this meme comes from, talk about what happens if you spot these toxic traits in yourself or a friend, and then share a few of our own funny toxic traits. So Clara, why don't you share with our audience, where does this meme even come from? Okay, so I have definitely fallen down the rabbit hole of seeing this meme. I just think some of them are so funny. And I wanted to do a little bit of a, I'm going to call it a shallow dive. And I stole this from another podcast. So it's not a super scientific or well-researched deep dive on the topic, but I figured it'd be interesting to at least see where it comes from. The original meme actually started almost four years ago when somebody posted about it on Twitter, but I feel like the kind of like Twitter meme with a black background or the white background that says my toxic trait is and then colon has come up more and more recently. Toxic traits are actually a thing that people will hopefully recognize in themselves, or maybe you heard your friends say, oh, this person is super toxic, I've cut them out of my life, et cetera, et cetera. And so through my research, I found that there are quite a few toxic traits out there, but here are a couple that I saw that repeated themselves over and over in you know the top 15 results of Google. So for example, negativity is one that comes up often. Maybe you have somebody in your life that always sees the world against them. It's never their fault. It's always something else's fault. You know, they didn't get a job promotion because their boss hates them or, you know, they failed a test because the teacher was unfair or anything like that. So negativity is a big one. Dishonesty and manipulation is another one. So this one, maybe you've heard of people who are pathological liars, people who always exaggerate things um, and make themselves seem way better than they are, or using dishonesty to manipulate others and make them do something that maybe it's not in their best interest to do. One that I thought of for you when you were younger is quick to anger. (laughs) 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 Um, But I would like to say that for toxic traits, they are traits. And so they can be things that change over time. So I would like to happily report that you are no longer as quick to anger as you were as a child. Something that I found was very interesting was that these toxic traits can change over time because of things like uh, major life experiences, like going to college, getting married, having a death in the family, um, or if you change belief systems. So if you were one religion and then you you convert to another religion. Going um, to therapy. <laughs> going to therapy. Yes, this is a big one. Um, and so if you see these traits in people around you or even within yourself, they're not permanent. So that is what I want to leave everyone with, is that <laughs> toxicity is not a state of permanence. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how much of these toxic traits also you just grow out of or how many of them you also have to like really actively work at to, I don't know, change or or move on from or move past. Yeah, I would say the main thing from what I was reading is to be able to recognize these things within yourself, right? Even within the original meme in 2018, Somebody had posted something like, oh, my toxic trait is I keep letting toxic people stay in my life, but I'm working on it. And the response was that you just 
you need to be mature enough to understand that you also have toxic traits. It's not always just about the other person. It might be something that you're doing that's either attracting these people or like mm. allowing these people to keep being toxic around you. So I think with most things in life, it's more about, okay, can I recognize that this is a thing that's happening in my life? And am I willing to take responsibility to change these things? And once you're there, I think you're already like 50, 75% of the way there. Then it's just a matter of changing your habits or your behaviors, or really maybe sometimes it is, you know, not interacting with the people that are continuing to perpetuate these things in your life and then going from there. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So speaking of toxic traits, what are some funny toxic traits that you think you have? <laughs> okay, so a couple of the ones I have. I'm going to start with my first one. And this one I am semi-stealing from a friend, but also I feel like it's very relatable to me, especially since I've been traveling so much in the last year. It's that I can spend 24 hours anywhere and decide I can definitely live here for the rest of my life. So that's my <laughs> toxic trait is feeling like I go somewhere. I'm like, oh, I could totally fit in here. This is my new workout gym and like completely imagine and like ingrain myself into that city or space. I feel like that could be a good thing or a bad thing because I feel like it could be a good thing if that means that you're really immersing yourself in like the culture and like the locals and really getting to know a place when you travel there. But I can also see it just totally looking at a place through like rose colored glasses and like romanticizing the whole thing. So I could really go either way. As long as you're not actually, you know, impulsively picking up and moving your whole life there after that, then I guess that it, it, it's like neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I haven't done it yet. I haven't completely picked up and change my mailing address and my Amazon Prime de package deliveries to a new address. But I think this one is going to, it bleeds into a little bit of my next one. So I think what you're saying about it not being the worst thing is definitely, I can agree with that. I'm going to chalk it up to adaptability and being <laughs> able to feel comfortable in most situations and most scenarios. And I will caveat this with the fact that most of the places I go are you know, within the US, it's almost always, you know, first world-esque. So it's not like I'm going to like these super rural places in the Amazon or something like that and saying, wow, I can really move here. So I will caveat it by saying it's still very luxurious. There's running water, there's plumbing, there's Wi-Fi. And so this quote unquote adaptability, I also find myself going on one date with somebody and thinking that I could spend the rest of my life with them and being like, I can predict exactly what our relationship is going to be and forecasting all of that. So I think this is actually truly the more toxic trait. Let me put it this way. My toxic trait is going on one date with somebody and planning the rest of our lives together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Are you love bombing people? <laughs> I wouldn't say that I'm love bombing them, but I think what it is is that this is probably my real toxic trait is that I will bend over backwards to accommodate other people to the point where I don't even recognize myself sometimes until I like get out of that relationship or out of that dating relationship and so I think that's the true toxicity here is that I'm willing to be such a ditto like the Pokemon and kind of be whatever that person wants me to be and be like, oh, yeah, like anything this person wants, like I can be so accommodating and be a part of this person's life 
to the point where I can sometimes not even recognize myself. So I'll wow. leave that <laughs> as my uh, funny, non-serious, but has a hint of seriousness and truth toxic trait. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder where that comes from because I don't feel like I'm that way at all. <laughs> <laughs> so this must um, be like a, a nurture, no, a, what is it? nurture over nature I don't know which one it is but it's not the one that I have (laughs) (laughs) well the nature one is one that you're innately born with so if we both don't have it then probably not nature it's probably a nurture in some aspect and I don't know what exactly the childhood trauma was that caused (laughs) me to be so over accommodating but I think you and I have talked about this in the previous podcast too is that I really do care a lot about other people sometimes to my own detriment so that's me tell me a little bit about your toxic traits (laughs) well I'm gonna go 180 from that and it's not I think my toxic trait is I know my toxic trait (laughs) is I can't not ask questions and talk through like a tv show (laughs) especially in the beginning like I get it no one knows what's going on it's episode one. It's the pilot of a new show. <laughs> it is the first 10 minutes of a movie that no one's seen a trailer for. But still, I have to be like, what's going on? Who is that? What's her name? What's the relationship? Do you think that's the villain? Is that the good guy? Are they throwing us off? Like, I have so many questions <laughs> and I need to know the answers to them. And I don't know what it is. Okay, so here's my kind of serious part. I think like I'm not good with like not knowing the ending to things. <laughs> Uh-huh. And sometimes I honestly prefer to like rewatch something that I already have seen a million times because they know how it's going to end than uh-huh, like uh-huh. try to just like start something new where I don't know if I'm going to like like it or not or if I'm like really pay a lot of attention to. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely like any new show that I start watching from like th- the third character that we may meet, I already have questions. <laughs> so- okay. <laughs> I also, okay, I understand that and I can relate. I like to have a lot of commentary during movies. Oh, me too. So I I will talk to the characters. I'll be like, oh my God, you are so dumb. Why would you go do that? Like, this doesn't make sense. I want to pick out all the plot holes. And my friends are like, Clara, this is a movie where there are superheroes with magical powers. You have to suspend your disbelief for a little while. I'm like, I understand that. But in this very specific time warp, time jump sequence, why wouldn't you X, Y, Z? For example, the biggest one that has been a running gag between me and my friends is in the Marvel universe. And you know how in Avengers, they're coming back. Spoilers for Avengers. If you haven't watched this, it's been like five years. But when Thanos is going to snap everybody and they're like trying to defeat him, why doesn't Ant-Man just fly into his nose as he's really small and then get really big and explode his head? (laughs) I just feel like they wouldn't be able to end the series so much faster. And you have all these people who are super smart and scientists with like IQs of 200. And we couldn't think of that. Um, okay, well, I didn't think of that either. So yeah, I don't have to tell you, but I think if you wrote movies, then they would be over immediately. So <laughs> but That's the thing is that most TV shows probably would be a lot less interesting and frustrating if people just talk to each other. <laughs> well, then where's the drama? Where's the drama? I actually, similarly to that, love to 
come up with conspiracy theories and make a lot of commentary, but on like documentaries, things that are like <laughs> kind of supposed to be true. And this really like, uh, what is that phrase where you like break the glass for someone and like they can never, you know, think of something the same way? Do you know what saying I'm oh, thinking of? Yes, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I'm sorry for anyone listening who doesn't already know this, but for the most part, did you know like the water sounds and such in those documentaries by like David Attenborough? They're all friggin' done in post. Like they're all fake. And I was just watching it this one time. I was like, there's just no way that we're hearing this fish bubble right now, right? Like there's just <laughs> there's just no way that that's happening. Like there must be so much background noise and like how did they capture the perfect sound for this perfect moment it's because they can't they literally cannot and so they just do all of this like in the background and I don't know why like when that realization dawned on me at first I said it and Casper didn't believe me and so we looked it up and it was like actually true that uh no yeah a lot of those like sounds and stuff are just added back in afterwards and I'm like this feels fake (laughs) (laughs) okay wait 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 so it, that makes sense to me and it didn't it doesn't like shatter my mind as much as I don't know what I thought you were going to say like I thought like I was really going to just have to re reevaluate how I was living my life but this one I think makes sense okay let's say there is a fish bubbling in the mm-hmm. documentary are they just going to a fish tank and then putting the microphone to the fish so that they are getting bubbling sounds or is it something completely different that's like a manufactured sound I mean, I don't know that it's like fully manufactured, but like they could isolate a fish sound from a different fish somewhere else altogether and then like okay. overlay that sound over this like rare fish that they found, you know, deep in the ocean. Because okay. they didn't record that fish. Like clearly they <laughs> couldn't have done that. They're like those shots are always like, and we first like this is the first time we're seeing this fish ever, you know? Like there's no way mm-hmm, they're getting mm-hmm. that sound. So okay. I don't know. I just wish like they would be more I don't know. I don't know if I want them to tell me like this was a pre-recorded sound or something, but somehow something <laughs> just felt like I was being lied to. So, <laughs> okay. Did you have the same feeling when you found out that Zac Efron didn't actually sing the songs of Troy Bolton in High School Musical <laughs> 1? Because this is exactly the same thing that I'm thinking of where it's like, this isn't really the fish bubbling. We got another fish that we hired who doesn't get any any credit on the soundtrack <laughs> to be the bubbling fish. Okay, but see, that's fine because it's fiction, okay? It's all supposed oh, okay. to be fictional. But documentaries, it's real science. It's real, you know, important things that we're learning about. And yet the sounds are fake. What else is fake? I sound like a crazy person right now. (laughs) Okay. 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 But on that note, I did see, I think it was intentionally being shown because obviously it was in the documentary itself. There was a series that they did recently, I forget on what streaming network, where they showed a little bit of the behind the scenes of how they like shoot certain scenes. Right. They're like, Uh this is how we had to camp out for it so that and we were here for like, you know, 47 days waiting for the this sea lion to finally attack that sea lion. And we knew it would happen eventually. And so we had to wait here. Anyway, at one point, they're like, these are the rarest beetles in the whole world. And they like do all this like crazy, like, you know, shooting and stuff. And then afterwards, they're like, but actually, we took these beetles back to our lab and we created this fake environment to like shoot this (gasps) part because they're the only like male and female beetle left in the entire world. And I was like, (laughs) 
how many other fake <laughs> beetle shots have there been in all these documentaries? I was like, that is so rude. You took all these beetles out from like their freaking home and then like set them up like one on top of the other on this like little log. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I see, I see. So now you are skeptical of all of these other documentary quote unquote nature shots and nature Correct. sounds how much because of it is you staged? feel like you have peered behind the looking glass and yeah. now you know all the ins and outs okay well I mean this is also still fascinating it's reminds me of the time that I learned that all of the animal sounds from Avatar the Last Airbender are basically made by the same person <laughs> He's like (laughs) the flying (laughs) buffalo and also the monkey squirrel or whatever and also the rhino and also this. And I was like, does this person speak English or he just makes animal sounds? Like, I remember my mind was pretty blown there. And now I'm thinking, is there a person who just does documentary sounds as well? Like, he's just like the chittering of the cicada or like the bubbling of the stream or anything like that. All right. Well, Give me another one of your toxic traits. Okay. Wow. That one That one was uh, a lot deeper dive than I was expecting, but I'm so glad I, I now know this about documentaries and also know this about you. <laughs> <laughs> My next toxic trait is getting super obsessed with one thing. And then once I get it, I could have like basically never heard of it or never see it ever again in my life. So for example... When I was in the sixth grade, I really, 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 really wanted a Palm Pilot. I cannot tell you how much time I spent on the really shitty version of the internet back then Googling Palm Pilots and and seeing like which ones are the ones that you can attach a keyboard to, which ones are the ones that have color, which ones can you play games on. We all heard the story of how I had to write an essay to get a laptop. And so I was every day trying to work dad into buying me this Palm Pilot. I think one of our family friends had one at one point. And I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. I didn't want a BlackBerry. I wanted specifically a Palm Pilot for all the meetings I had when I was 12 years old, clearly. (laughs) Researched them every single day. I like knew all the different models. I would talk to dad about it, be like, try to slip it into conversation, be like, you know what would be a really good idea if I had a Palm Pilot? Then I could like answer all my emails in bed or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) and eventually I'm not really sure like how I wore him down I think it was because I like convinced him that if I got a Palm Pilot I wouldn't ask for a cell phone anymore and that felt like a a fair trade-off or that maybe it was because I can't remember if we had already moved into our new house and our house had gotten broken into so we like lost a lot of like our iPods and Game Boys and all that kind of stuff so dad was kind of like okay like we can kind of like replace a couple of these things but I finally wore him down and got a Palm Pilot within a week after getting Palm Pilot I could have cared less if that Palm Pilot was (laughs) set on fire or run over by a car (laughs) that is my toxic trait I will get like super obsessed with something I will focus on it I will like not let it go until I get it in my life and it's become even more dangerous now that I have my own disposable income to to buy things because Amazon Prime is like instant gratification, like Mm -hmm. two-day instant gratification. So if I really want something, if I've slept on it for like three nights, I might put it in the cart and buy it. But then once it actually gets here, I'll play with it for about like 30 seconds or whatever it is, be super obsessed with it and be like, 
it doesn't matter to me if I never see this thing in my life again. (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting. What like in your adult life now is in that category though? Is it like clothing or is it electronics or like what kind of stuff is it? I would still say electronics is still like a big one. Like during the pandemic, I really wanted a Nintendo Switch because people were like playing Animal Crossing and I was watching all these videos online with people building all these like amazing houses and Animal Crossing and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, if only I had my own Nintendo Switch, I could be a billionaire in acorns (laughs) or whatever that thing is. I don't even know what the currency is like that just goes to show you like how little I care about this Animal Crossing game now I was also super obsessed with Overcooked which I still really like and I would still really like to play but I think a lot of my friendships are now very tenuous because of Overcooked because (laughs) I'm thinking of one friend in particular where I just sit and yell at him for hours on end and I'm surprised that he still wants to play with me (laughs) because there have been some harsh words exclaimed in the time that we have played Overcooked but yeah things like that it's still very Mm. much in that realm of stuff clothes not so much clothes I've gotten better at only because I have been traveling so much so it's like I really can't take that much stuff with me so clothes I'm pretty good at but gadgets and like technology things like I don't know what it is. It's just I have like shiny object syndrome and I just want them so bad. And then I, I use them for about two weeks and I don't know, the thing could like literally disappear into the vanishing cabinet and I would could care mm. less. I feel like Casper is very similar in that sense. I'm always like, what did you get this new thing? <laughs> Why do we have this in our home? And then, yeah, he'll like play with it for a while or use it for a while. Usually like tech gadgety things too and mm-hmm. then and they'll just sit there and when we moved apartments I had to sell so much of the stuff because I was like there's no way we're lugging like all of these things with us to the new place I get that way maybe it's not like getting obsessed over it but I definitely have like I get I'm easily influenced especially on TikTok now to buy a lot of like skincare and makeup products mm, yeah. and I definitely I mean I do more makeup now probably than I have ever before in my life and that like I put something on like every day and definitely like try a little bit more now. And I also do feel like I need to do my my whole skin regimen. So in some ways I'm like, at least I'm like using these things, I guess, but I literally like have everything and a backup of it and probably like one more backup of it. Cause I'm always like, Oh, well, if this one runs out, I really don't want to have like a gap in between this and my next one. Or like this one's a perfect one for travel size. And this one's like perfect for this day or this weather or whatever. And so now I just have accumulated a lot of skincare and makeup products. That makes a lot of sense. I will say, I sometimes feel like that boyfriend in the meme where it's like, I can't wait for my girlfriend to go out of town so then I can use all of her products in the shower. Whenever I come to your apartment and you're <laughs> not there, I'm like, ooh, let me try Polly's new like eye cream that she said she really likes or her new <laughs> sunscreen. I'm like, I'm just taking a dab. There's no way she's going to know. Clearly you don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> but... clearly I don't. Although I do feel like my my skin has been the best that it ever has and my hair has been the best it's ever had. So I think the products are paying off. There you go. So yeah. it's worth it. It's worth it to have this toxic trait. That's yeah. that's what I'm hearing. That's that's what I'm hearing too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought of one more thing that I also get obsessed with, and that's crafts. Like I get oh, yeah. really obsessed with different kinds of crafts, and it's very, again, very similar to this technology toxic trait I have where I'm like, yes, I need every single color 
of that kind and brand of highlighter. I will definitely use them all to the very end until it's all dried up. And I'm just like looking around this room right now. And I'm so glad we don't do video because there's like at least three separate boxes worth of like stationary slash pens slash highlighters. And that's probably another one of the toxic traits that I have is thinking that I'm going to be this pro bullet journaler. <laughs> you always have been very into crafts though. Yeah. All, always wanting different color pencils, all the marker sets. Don't know where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. It's not like I'm ever going to be an artist or, you know, do anything that's going to remotely be. I'm, I don't. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't say like, it has to be a career driven thing in order for me to have these, like, it's okay to have hobbies, but I think sometimes the hobbies get a little out of hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you like move on hobbies. <laughs> yes, exactly. I definitely don't do a lot of the crafty hobbies that I thought I would do. Like I did not need to buy 15 embroidery hoops when I did like three pieces of embroidery during the <laughs> pandemic. So, all right, well, you live and you learn. I think, yeah. again, first step is to realize it about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, speaking of buying things, <laughs> my next one oh, is no. going to be really out of the left field. But I, my toxic trait, trait is that I can't stop buying panko breadcrumbs. <laughs> Wait, okay, <laughs> describe. Like, are you buying all of the same ones and you're like stocking up for an earthquake or like you're buying like different brands and no i to literally like couldn't name a me. single brand of pango breadcrumb i just like always think that i'm going to make chicken cutlets and i always think that i'm running out of pango breadcrumbs and i've never once <laughs> run out of pango breadcrumbs <laughs> i always have at least half a bag when i bring home a new bag and then i'm like oh great like I'll definitely make chicken cutlets then. And then I make it and inevitably there'll be half a bag left and I'll go to the grocery store. And I'm like, oh, I'm definitely out of pink or breadcrumbs. So I always buy another bag. And I'll bring it home and be like, damn it, I have no chicken. I have to go get chicken so I can make chicken cutlets. Okay. And it's this never ending cycle of pink or breadcrumbs and chicken cutlets. <laughs> okay, so basically you have created the hot dog bun and hot dog problem for yourself. Correct. Specifically with pink breadcrumbs and chicken. <laughs> I there was a point where I had at least like two and a half bags of pango breadcrumbs because I for some reason I'm always like yes I need to have this on hand and I always have some at home <laughs> what do you make a list to go buy them or is it one of those things where you like see in the store and you're like oh my gosh you know what I haven't made in a long time chicken cutlets I must buy these pango breadcrumbs it's definitely the latter it's never anything on my list but I always see it and I'm like oh, I must not have these. And so then I bring it home and I'm like, great, now I have more mango breadcrumbs and no chicken. <laughs> Are there any other things that you can make with panko breadcrumbs? Um, pork cutlets, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know. There's nothing else that I do make with them though. Um, and I, I do really love chicken cutlets. And when I make them, I make, two whole Tupperware boxes at a time and then just okay. eat them over like the next week. Um, and I'll like throw them in pastas and I'll chop them up into like wraps and then put them in salads and stuff. Mm -hmm. Although like since I've been at my current job where I don't actually have to buy lunch or make lunch, like we get free lunch, then I've made a lot less food. But during the pandemic, for sure, I was making a lot mm -hmm. of chicken cutlets and 
that is when the panko breadcrumb disaster began. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, having half a bag and then buying one bag isn't as toxic, let's say, as what I thought you were doing, which was like stockpiling them because you thought they were going to be unnecessary currency. Like you're like, oh my gosh, if the world ends, you know no. what people are really going to barter for. <laughs> it, it's not that, but it just, it never ends. I don't know why I can't help it. It's a never-ending panko <laughs> breadcrumb trail. That is correct. <laughs> I would be, I would never be lost if I were Hansel and Gretel. I would always have panko breadcrumbs. <laughs> okay, well, again, now you recognize this about yourself. So the next time you go to the store and you see them, you'd be like, remember that I have half a bag at home and I really don't need to buy these, <laughs> at least not at this moment. Yeah, I don't know, but my worst nightmare is not having panko breadcrumbs on any <laughs> Clearly, clearly. Who knew that this was be such a sticking point in your diet? I didn't even know you like chicken cutlet that much. So this is news to me. Hit me with your, your last toxic trait. Okay, so this one, I actually only just recognized this about myself this weekend. And we kind of <laughs> talked about it as a result of the Halloween party. But I realized that sometimes when I get a little tipsy at the party and there's things that are little small objects like candies or I don't know little gummies I really love to throw them into people's mouths (laughs) (laughs) okay so (laughs) this weekend when we were at one of the house parties there was these little candy eyeball sprinkles that were sitting on the counter and the house that we were at had a little balcony that overlooked the backyard where everyone was partying. Mm-hmm. And so I found these little sprinkles and then I started yelling down to the people in the backyard to catch them. And everybody was opening their mouths like, what fish? <laughs> and so I kept throwing them. But of course, I was terrible at aiming. And so afterwards, it was one of my coworkers who was throwing the party. And I asked him if there was a lot of little eyeballs everywhere. He was like, yeah. But it was a great time. Everybody was having fun. And I was like, I'm oh so sorry. <laughs> oh my god one of our friends who was at the party he was like not feeling very well so he had stepped out um outside of the backyard and he was outside the fence kind of looking back in and he was like yeah I wasn't feeling well but at one point I remember seeing someone throw little like candies off the balcony like what was that and I was like "Mm, yeah that was me I'm so sorry (laughs) you're like I have no idea what you're talking about who would do such a thing who would do that (laughs) um but yeah, oh I don't God. know what it is. It's just so fun. I highly recommend it to anybody, you know, out there next time who happens upon little candies. I mean, don't hurt anybody, obviously, but um, just like throw them up and see who wants to catch them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I would like to say that I did indeed see this in practice <laughs> at this Halloween party. I was there with you and I remember we were on the balcony and then I'm not even sure. Okay. The thing that I don't know like when was the switch that went off in your head that was like oh here are some candy eyeballs oh this is a great idea to throw them at people (laughs) like I remember you're like looking at the kitchen and there's like a lot of candy on the counter so they were like obviously letting people like just grab candy and eat it but you went straight for the container of little eyeballs and then 
if I remember correctly, you did not tell people at first. You just started pelting them at specific people <laughs> that you wanted their attention. So you were like throwing, which was pretty accurate because like you had a bigger surface area to hit. So you're hitting people and nobody was that drunk that they weren't noticing. So somebody like would feel it on their shoulder and they would be like, what what was that they'd like look around but there were no trees or anything in that backyard so there was like nothing that could have come from the sky and then I remember one person looked at you and you just had this really like conniving look on your face and then you gestured to them to open their mouth and then that person just complied I was like this person like you don't know what that thing could have been like what if it was a weed gummy like what if it was like an Advil that somebody found on the floor and that person just literally just opened up their mouth and you just started chucking more candies at them and I think the thing that was even more wild was that people would want to continuously try like after three or four of them like hitting them in the face like bouncing off their tooth or whatever they'd be like again again people love catching candy in their mouth I don't know what it is about that like like that is whatever their toxic trait is okay I love to throw the candy but people love to catch it (laughs) their toxic trait is if somebody gestures to me that they're gonna throw something in my mouth I don't care what it is I'm gonna eat it (laughs) but no I think I think you're right that it does come from I do like to throw small things to get people's attention What like that in life mean? no like I don't know like I sometimes instead of like verbally saying something I'll like just take like a little eraser or something and just like chuck it <laughs> interesting I like non-verbal right. communication <laughs> we will have to unpack that childhood trauma in the future whatever that might be I can't wait to hear where this stems from <laughs> All right. Well, let's close out this episode with our recommendations for the week. Do you want to go first? Yeah. So my watching recommendation right now is White Lotus. So new season dropped this past Sunday um, on HBO. It's coming out like one per week. So you can't really binge it all at once unless you wait. Um, But highly recommend. It's just as good as the first season so far in episode one, but very different vibes. And I don't know, you know, it's when there's been a long break between seasons, you like never really, you know, know what to expect or like your mind's Mm -hmm. already moved past it and you're like kind of trying to remember what was going on. And so I wasn't like as excited about it coming back at first, even though I did love season one. But as soon as season two, like the episode started, I was like, oh yeah, they wrote like a good series. Like these writers are good. And so highly recommend it. Plus like just the way that it's shot and like how it's all, you know, fancy schmancy people and, you know, resorts and like all that gorgeous beach stuff. I just like visually, it's so stunning. I'm really excited to watch it. I really enjoyed season one as well. I watched season one earlier this year while I was in the Cayman Islands because I felt like the settings were very similar. Like that one's taking place in Hawaii. It's also a beautiful beach. And then I was in the Cayman Islands and like living on the beach. So obviously I was not living in a resort or making the native and local people dance for me (laughs) but but I did enjoy it a lot and I think the soundtrack is like really interesting too it's kind of like a haunting tribal Mm -hmm. soundtrack which is really distinct and unique did you know that the writer and creator of White Lotus is the same guy who wrote School of Rock oh what yeah I was also shocked he's also the same person who wrote 
the emoji movie. So if you want to talk about range, this man has it all. <laughs> wow. I heard the emoji movie was like kind of good. Is that true? Oh, I did not watch it, but I didn't watch it either. Yeah, maybe maybe something to watch at a later date so we can really appreciate the entire Mike White spectrum um, and mm-hmm. portfolio. Um, okay, so my watching recommendation this week is The Sex Lives of College Girls, which is also Love on it. HBO. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it this weekend since I just finished season one. It was a massive binge. It's been on my to-watch list for forever because it's another Mindy Kaling-produced TV show. And generally speaking, I like really like all the stuff that she's written and created. I remember you and I were talking about how it felt a lot like sort of a extension of Never Have I Ever, which I recommended a couple weeks ago. So instead of a group of girls who are going through high school together, it's about a group of four sweet mates or roommates going through their first year at college together. So super fun and hilarious. It's one of the few TV shows that I feel like I've been watching that I've actually laughed out loud at but also tackles a lot of the issues that go on at school, whether it's dealing with being kind of in a different class with all of your schoolmates, like you come from a poor background and you're on scholarship and everybody else has kind of like paid their way in, or there's an Asian American character in there who is struggling with wanting to pursue like a more artsy major versus like the neuroscience biology that her parents want her to. So I feel like it has some groundedness, but also is hilarious and very funny. So would highly recommend the second season comes out, I think later this month. So perfect timing. If you haven't watched it already, obviously binge it. But if you have, Good time for a rewatch to prepare for season two. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be rewatching it pretty soon so that I can prepare for season two. I'm on the last couple episodes of Gilmore Girls, which I had started rewatching earlier this year. So as soon as that mm-hmm. is done, I can move on. Even though the end of Gilmore Girls was like not actually that good, I just can't stop not with finish only a couple it. episodes left, you know? Mm-hmm. But I can't wait until I get back to the sex lives of are you? Girls. Are you including the... The reboot, year no. in a, yeah, no. the year in a life. No, okay. That was so That's bad. That's not not part I just of the rewatch. pretend it doesn't exist. Mm, fair enough. Okay, okay. My reading recommendation for you this week is Ghost Forest, which was my October um, book club book with Ellen. And I'm sad to report though that I'm only halfway through, but happy to report that the first half has been incredibly good. So we intentionally chose a really short book this month because I have been struggling to finish the books every month just with everything else going on in life. So this one's only like maybe 250 pages and it's written like as a bunch of little short stories, like literally sometimes just a paragraph or like a page or two. And it's written mostly from the perspective of someone who's like kind of like our age, I guess. Her parents immigrated to Canada when she was really young, like right before 97. And then she grew up in Canada and her dad stayed back in Hong Kong to work. And so some of like it is written with like Cantonese phrases and they talk about like the grandparents or the parents' lives back in Hong Kong. And so I feel like it's really cool to have that like cultural connection to the book. And then also it's just like a really easy and fun read ghost story you said uh ghost forest oh ghost forest okay Mm -hmm. i still clearly have halloween on the mind (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm gonna add it to my list because that 
sounds super interesting and I want to read that for sure. At first, I thought you were talking about this other forest project. Have you ever heard of Future Library? No. It's a project that's happening in Norway where starting in 2014, so now eight years ago, every year they would ask an author to write a story that nobody else has read and it goes into this forest um, and then 100 years later they're going to use the trees in the forest to print out the books and that will be the first time any of these stories are read so i don't know why ghost like not ghost library i keep messing it up ghost forest reminded me of this project it's a really interesting concept and margaret atwood who wrote handmaid's tale is one of the contributors i don't know this was just tangent on a cool project that i just suddenly remembered while you were talking <laughs> Wait, so we won't ever be able to read these stories? Not unless you live to 2114. All right, I'm going to sneak in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my reading recommendation this week, it's a book called Hey Ladies. Have you heard of this book? No. So it's a book that centers around eight or so fictional friends. And the whole book kind of culminates in this wedding. And the friends are like, bridesmaids or the bride or they're like trying to hang out with each other and so it's kind of told through a series of emails and texts to and instant messages to each other and I feel like this is probably a little bit more my generation than your generation but almost every one of us has either been the person who starts an email with hey ladies or been on the receiving end of an email that starts with hey ladies and it's kind of this satirical but also very on the nose depiction of how women will communicate with each other when it comes to things like planning weddings or Halloween costumes or brunches or things like that. So it's a humorous read, not very serious at all. You can definitely see yourself in each of the characters. It actually started as a column between two women writers on this website called The Toast, which is now defunct. But it used to be a column and then they kind of turned it into a fully fleshed out story. It came up on a podcast that I was listening to recently and I had read it a long time ago at the uh, recommendation of one of my friends. And when it came up again, I was like, oh yeah, I should definitely recommend that. It's super easy, super fun read. Okay, perfect. Because Elle and I were just looking for a November book and this sounds kind of perfect because we've been reading a lot of really serious books lately. And so it'd be nice to switch things up with something a little lighthearted. Oh, super lighthearted. Don't worry, you're not going to have to think very hard at all when you read this book. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, so for my last rec, which is our listening rec, I'm just going to be super basic and recommend Midnights by Taylor Swift. I have listened to the (laughs) album end to end a couple times already, mostly because it came out right before my flight to Austin. And so I just quickly downloaded it and then fell asleep listening to it. So I think I listened to the whole thing probably like four times. Definitely a couple standout songs. Um, I really like Antihero and mm-hmm. Question. Overall, I mean, if you like any of old Taylor Swift songs, then, you know, you'll like these because the whole like story behind this album is like the songs that she wrote when she like when she woke up in the middle of the night, like at midnight and she would, like jot these songs down. But they were basically like leftover songs from a bunch of her albums from before. And so 
a lot of the vibes are just really similar to a bunch of like old songs she has so it's kind of fun to like try and pick out where you think or like what um what previous album this one is like similar to I've always like liked her music definitely not like a Swifty and I like don't follow all of like the conspiracy theories and stuff around her I think it's like fun and easy to listen to in the background so yeah yeah I also listened to it when it first came out I think maybe a day or two after but it was really late when I started and I feel like I was in sort of a fever dream and all the songs blended into each other so I'm (laughs) giving it a re-listen now and being a little bit more intentional about being like okay this is the beginning of the song and the end of the song and trying to like encapsulate and listen to it for what it is so um, actually as a companion piece to what your listening recommendation is I'm actually going to recommend a podcast called Las Culturistas which is hosted by Bowen Yang, who is an SNL player, I guess that's what they're called. And then Matt Rogers, who I think he's, I'm not sure. I don't think he's an actor or anything. I think he's more of like, I'm going to call him social commentary, but don't quote me on that. But they, as the title of the podcast suggests, talk a lot about pop culture and the goings on of like, what's happening with Kim Kardashian or Beyonce or any of these like celebrities in the pop culture zeitgeist and their most recent episode probably by the time our episode gets released it'll be a couple weeks back is a super detailed breakdown of the newest Taylor Swift album so for you Polly especially I know you (laughs) recommended me dissect like a long time Mm -hmm. ago which I really enjoyed listening to and that one is a podcast and they have an episode on each song for a really famous album like they did um Beyonce's album Lemonade when it came out and they did super detailed breakdown this Lost Culture Risa's podcast episode is a detailed breakdown for of all of Midnight's in about two hours or so so I would definitely recommend that you listen to it I'm also not a big Swifty either But I thought it was super interesting. They talk a little bit about how, yeah, these were kind of like leftover songs. They have a lot of the theories on, you know, which songs correspond to which albums or even (laughs) like the backstory on, you know, why this was released and why are there two versions like Midnight's and then the 3 a.m. edition Mm -hmm. and all that. And they're also super fun personalities. So I would recommend that you give that a listen on one of your commutes. I think you'll be super entertained and that is my listening recommendation for the week love it you're such a big fan of pop culture breakdown podcast (laughs) (laughs) yes I know one of your friends called me out for it (laughs) this past weekend and I'm like I'm not even ashamed I don't care if I listen to a two-hour breakdown on a two-minute trailer of (laughs) Ant-Man I'm not afraid to admit that you tried to play it off too so so for context we watched the new no, no, we didn't watch it. We just were talking about the new Wakanda trailer and everyone was like, I don't even know like really what's it about. Like, I don't like, is so-and-so the bad guy? People were just like guessing and Clara's like, actually, and then goes on for like three minutes about exactly like what the trailer was about. And someone was like, wow, like, how did you know all that? And Clara was like, oh, well, I watched the trailer. And we are like, no, you didn't. <laughs> That's not in the trailer. And you're like, and then I listened to it to our podcast breaking down the trailer and we're like, uh-huh, that's more right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't remember. You said this to me 
must it must have been months ago if not like a year ago you're like it's your millennial anxiety that you need to like rewatch things that you've already watched before and also like listen to things to make sure you didn't miss anything when you first watched them and you know I really took that to heart and I was like <laughs> is that a problem though no I'm gonna lean into it even more <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Yellow Noise Pod and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. See you soon. Bye. Bye.